and welcome to another episode of Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gillette, and joining me, I've got Ryan Anderson. Uh, you guys know Ryan from Model Railcast, his own podcast. And our guest tonight is Michael Duggan, who's the creative force behind Paw of a Bear LLC, which when you go to his website, which is a long word, www.pawofabear.com, you'll see that he is into Craftsman Level Kits. So welcome to the show, Michael. Well, thank you very much. All right, uh, Michael, uh, Paul of a Bear. Uh, why don't you start off by telling us uh, how you really got started in model railroading, and uh, we'll get into how Paul Bear came to be. Sure. Okay. Well, model railroading, I got started uh, pretty much like everybody else with a Christmas tree uh, train set. It was uh, one of the old Tyco HO scale train sets. Got it Christmas morning. My dad and I set up a circle and started running it. Went out the next day and spent Christmas money buying more cars and lots of good different colors. <laughs> when we got, this was in Texas, and when we got back to Virginia where I, where I live, he and I set up a, a train layout that would fold up and go under my bed. So that, that was my, uh, my father and I, I worked on that together a lot. And uh, then when my grandfather died, we had to take the train train set out and uh, build an apartment for my grandmother. So my uh, train set went away. I got involved in cars and girls and college and pretty much dropped. the same story. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 it, uh, yeah. I think everybody follows that trajectory. Right. Uh, so today, do you have a railroad today? I don't have a railroad today. What I have are little pieces of railroad and i'm actually working today this afternoon i was working on trying to set my workshop up so that i can uh, actually have a two-tier workshop one tier being my work tables and then up above going around the top i'm working on a place to slide modules in so i'm working on a sort of modular layout cool all right so then how did the idea of becoming a craftsman kit manufacturer well, I, I had no intention of doing that. Um, <laughs> I, I, for the past 15 years now, I've been a stay-at-home dad. Before that, I was teaching elementary school, and my wife and I knew we wanted someone to stay at home with the kids. She was in computers, and I was a school teacher, and she made twice what I did 15 years ago. So we knew I was going to be the one staying home. And so I've been doing that, and then as the girls got into you know, higher grades, and I was spending less time at school and doing things with them. I had more free time. I started doing custom buildings for people because I saw on eBay that people were buying built buildings. Oh, okay. Pre-built. So, All right. Yeah. And so what I, I started doing was actually building lots of Z-scale buildings, which is uh, one two twentieth. Yeah, that's super small. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, well, you know, everybody has their 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 level of insanity. Part part of it is I I, uh, I had a friend who owned a hobby store, and for the last fifteen years, I would go in every Sunday, and he could go out fishing, and I would hang out, you know, work on models and talk to people. It's kind of like being a bartender without the the booze and the obnoxious drunks. And so I spent time, you know, I was able to keep up modeling and had a place to go do it, um, and built displays for for Bill who owned the, the hobby store. But the Z scale isn't really as small as everybody says it is. It's you know 
it's not really half. We, we, we have this idea that Z is half of N because HO is N is essentially half of HO. Mm-hmm. But, but really Z scale is not quite half. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the jump from one, one sixty to one, uh, one, two twenty. And so it, it's not that tiny. On the other hand, what I like to build for myself is HO. Okay. Um, although I have to confess, you know, since Bachman came out with the, uh, the East Tennessee and West North Carolina, uh, locomotives in ON30, I am sorely tempted by those. Uh, yeah, we keep talking about that on my uh, podcast, how ON30 is becoming more prevalent and I actually know two model railroaders who had huge HO layouts that switched to ON30 recently. And uh, I've been tempted myself. <laughs> well, you know, the, my eyes are getting worse, and the potential for detail in that scale is, you know, significantly greater than right. in HO or, or, or in Z. Although I have to say that working on Z scale buildings has made me come back and, and I think has seriously improved my HO scale building ability. Um, because I would try to add details to Z-scale buildings that I, I never would have really thought possible. And, and then that's made me look at HO and go, oh, yeah, I can do that. That's- yeah, it's a lot easier. Okay, so you started building Z-scale buildings for people. Right, so I started building Z-scale buildings and selling them online and doing doing reasonably well with that. And uh, a guy here in town owns a company called King Mill, which you may be oh, familiar yep. with. And he had asked me to build some uh, display models of his kits. So I, you know, I built some of the models that he took photographs of for, to show his kits. And I wound up uh, being the idiot loading, loading and pressing the button on his laser cutter. And he kind of took me under his wing and encouraged me to turn some of my Z-scale designs into kits. Oh, and, okay. Cool. And, and so I got some training there and, uh, then since then he's he's gone in a, a different direction and I wound up uh, getting a laser cutter which has made custom building a lot a lot more quite stunning what you can do with a laser cutter right uh, and then of course once you've done the design in in a CAD program it seems wasteful not to turn it into a kit and produce it uh, so so that's what that that's what kind of pushed me in that direction once I'd started doing some designs and had got the laser cutter. Well, you bought you you. I would guess that you bought the laser cutter because you knew you were gonna start selling these. I mean, you had to have a way to justify it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was a wise choice, but uh, my wife <laughs> so is when, very sorry, supportive. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say my wife has been very very supportive. Um, basically, basically, you know, I'm 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 trying to go from. You know, my kids are you know, middle school and high school, and I'm beginning to try and turn this into a real business. So how long has Paw Bear been around? Paw of the Bear has been around for two years as a real as a real boy, you know, as a licensed okay. business. You know, I had started selling some buildings a little bit before that, and then I got – once I started doing the uh, – the laser cutting and had sold a few of my buildings and I decided to go ahead and I, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm much better on the art end of the whole thing than I am on the business end. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to find someone who's good at both of those things. It's just the way the brain is. I'm afraid that's the case. And so I'm, I'm trying, trying to make sure I'm not losing money. Part of it is it's still early days. One of the things I'm finding is that as I add kits, when I go to a show, the more different kinds of things I have, 
the more stuff I sell. Really? Okay. More variety, yes. the better you do. Yeah, exactly. So as I've been adding more lines, I've been making more sales. Um, I am actually pushing into more, you know, I started off doing Z scale kits mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, it's, it's a very small market and I am going to be doing more HO and N and, you know, recently I did the uh, building facade kits for the DPM models. That is, I, I got, I mean, you designed them. Yeah. What, what I've done is, is well, DPM has these brick buildings, right. That are sort right. of ever, everywhere. And they're about $15 for, for a kit. And they're really nice masonry, I think. But the details, the windows, the cornices, the storefronts are limited in how fine the detail can be because they are molded. So what I have done is I've uh, initially um, one of the kits, the Walker building, is designed so that the cornice and the windows, the doors, and the storefront are all separate parts that you add into the building. So what I've done is made uh, a conversion kit. Uh, armor modelers will run, you know, people who do a lot of armor modeling or airplane modeling, uh, there's a big industry of making conversion kits that takes and replaces the molded cockpit of a P-51 with photo etch details and, you know, safety belts and all the cool stuff. So what I've tried to do is make a kit like that for the DPM kits. And it, it just provides finer detail than you can get with the molding process or, or than I can get with the molding process. So I've got two kits right now that replace that storefront and make it look different than the sort of standard storefront that you would see. You can see it on the website. Um, there's building facade number two and originally named also building facade number one. And I offer those either as a, um, you can just buy, if you, if you already have the DPM kit, you can just buy the building facade, or if you want to use it to scratch build something else with. Okay. And then I also have some of the DPM kits myself, and so you can get a discount on buying the two of them together. Very cool. So are you doing, you say you have a laser cutter, but these are plastic? No, no, no. They're Well, they're multimedia. The facades are essentially made using a um, 16th inch thick plywood. Okay. And, and then that's faced with something that the Northeastern Lumber is calling laser board, which is a it's a paper product that has, I think, been impregnated with some kind of latex. Uh, certainly, it's got something in it, some kind of polymer in it that makes it uh, resist water. So you can paint it with water-based paints. And unlike Bristol board, it won't swell up at the edges. Oh, okay. So it And, and the nice thing about it, as opposed to doing it out of plywood, is that... Because it's manufactured, it has mm-hmm. a very con- it has a very consistent density, and the laser cutter therefore cuts really fine lines. I can get extremely thin mullions that I couldn't out of plywood because the All plywood right. you know the plywood has different densities to the wood, and the cut- cutter goes through it at different depths. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So what you progressed from Z, and did you go to end NHO or? I- I did actually. I, I built. Well, I did this. Uh, I did the uh, Curtis Brothers kit, which was you know I had done a custom building, and somebody wrote to me and said, you know, I really like that. I can't afford to have you do it. I, as I tell people, I'm 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 not inexpensive, but neither am I cheap. That is, you know, when I do custom work, it's it it costs. I mean, what you're paying for is the labor. 
Um, right. and I, it takes a lot of time to do, put the detail in. So anyway, this guy said, you know, I really like what you've done, but I, I can't afford to, do you, ha- do you have it as a kit? And so I went ahead and I knew I had at least one sale. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, I designed that as a kit and then, um, and then also designed it as an in-scale kit. Unfortunately, you know, folks will say, oh, and then you, ju- then you just expand it, right? You, you, in the CAD program, you just blow it up to HO scale from Z and, and off you go. And unfortunately, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Because, for example, in the Z scale kit, the wood walls are one thirty second thick wood, and right. in the in, and in the N scale kit, they're one sixteenth. And to make everything fit right, you you essentially wind up redrawing it from scratch. Um, so I did that in uh, in N. Beginning of September, I'm going to have a complete HO scale kit available. Uh, I've got a little welding shop that I've been working on. Oh, so wait a minute, Mike. So. The ones that I'm looking like when I look at custom built models, mm-hmm. these are pre built. Those are yeah, and and there were well, that variety- explains that explains the pricing. <laughs> yes, the, okay. the stuff the stuff that you're looking at on the custom built stuff is either scratch built or built from a kit. Um, you know, for example, you can see the one that's a nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, uh, the the Reagan's mill. That's one of Jimmy Degnan's. Uh, Easy railroad kits. I mean, it's a I think it's a fifty dollar kit, something like that. Oh, okay. Okay, but if you look at it and look at the photographs, you can see that I have seriously modified that kit. And for example, the water tower on there is all stick built. Yeah, it's a beautiful kit. And I have adjusted the walls. I've, I've you know, I've cut into the walls to change the way they look. Instead of having a uh, in the kit. The um, billboard is a piece of uh, scribed wood. So I've, I, you know, with, with uh, laser cut legs, mine is actually a stilk stick built laser board. My uh, billboard is actually stick built. So it's individual pieces of strip wood. Okay. I like um, how the roof is staggered too for the slope. That's cool. Now that Jimmy did in his kit. So although oh, I, changed, okay. I, I, I changed the angle of it. And I don't know if you can see on the, on those enlarged photographs, mm-hmm. there's a, what I'm looking at. There's a, a, a side where um, it's sort of cut into right, over right. by the, the metal shack. Mm-hmm. The metal shack is actually, I think, a clabbered shack in the in the regular kit, and I used some of the metal roofing and right, the right. Uh, and the uh, all the electrical stuff is scratch built as well. The, it, it was part of a uh, model railroad forums did a um, a contest early on and you were allowed to use everything that came in the box, the box, the packaging, you could add three vehicles and use whatever strip wood you wanted, but you couldn't use any other castings than what came in the kit. So that was the, what, what got me building that one. Okay. So you really don't have any kits other than these facades for the. Well, in HO scale right now, I've got the facades and I have some um, pallets and skids which are laser okay. cut that you have to put together. I started to make pallets and skids because I needed them for my layout and or for my model building for stuff I wanted to put put together. And I, I started doing research on it. And, and who knew? I mean, there are tons of different standard sizes of pallets and skids. So I, <laughs> okay. what I've done is I've done three different kinds. I've got chemical drum pallets, beverage pallets, and, oh, shoot, what's the other one? Is it gro- grocery pallets, chemical drum, and beverage or shingle pallets? And, and they come in different dimensions. 
Okay, very cool. But as I said, um, as of September 1st, Kowalski and Smith Welding Company will be on my on my website and available. I'm just trying to finish up the directions right now. Ah, so your first kit's going to be available soon. Very cool. Yes, my, my first complete HO scale kit. I, I've been kind of holding off because I've been trying to, to get myself organized to do castings. And I finally just said, okay, stop killing yourself. I, I, I bought some from uh, uh, Best Trains. Uh, from Brian and Jill, they make very nice castings, and they had exactly what I wanted. And I thought, you know, why am I reinventing the wheel here? Right. So, what is this kit going to be? Well, it's a it's a little wooden building. It's it's uh, it's going to have Grant Line windows. I mean, not Grant Line, but Titchy windows. Beg your pardon, Titchy windows. It's got, as I said, it's got some of the the best castings. It's just a little welding shop. It's although it could be anything. In fact, I've got a, a version I'm working on on my uh, on my work table that's a sort of I don't know sea green that I'm thinking about turning into a floral supply and maybe having some paint trim. But it's got some interesting roof angles. When I'm doing the this, one of the things that I'm doing is I don't I don't like the way slot and tab construction looks. In models, okay. I like the way corner posts look, but I really like the strength of slot and tab construction. So what I've tried to do is all of my kits are coming, they come with a masonite base, and the slots and tabs are on the bottom of the walls. So everything slots into the base, and you, okay. can, use the, you can use the base as a building jig if you want to, and then just take it off, cut off the slot, you know, the, the tabs, and off cool. you go. Yeah, or, nice. Or you can use it as a base. I, you know, as a scratch builder, a lot of the stuff that's out there, I, you know, I, I'm, I sort of feel like, well, if you're going to buy a kit from me, it needs to fit together like a dream, and it needs to be easy to build. And that is, I need to have done all the engineering headaches for you. Because that's, I mean, that's what you're paying for. You're not really paying for the wood. You're not, you know, the castings to a certain degree. But what you're really paying for when you buy a Craftsman kit is the engineering in the plans and the design that I put into it. No, I agree. I agree. So are you planning on making this a limited run or a standard kit? I mean, where are you planning on taking this company as far as this kind of thing goes? Well, um, I, I am still not sure what model <laughs> I want to use. I have, I, I have got parts to make 50 kits initially and we'll okay. see how fast those sell. I, um, I do at some point want, you know, have, have a desire to do something like uh, Bob Van Gelder's South River Model Works. I mean, I think those are gorgeous kits. So you need to work on making a name for yourself. But yeah, and I also want to have, you know, some things that are readily available. I, you know, for example, the building facades, those will just be available. I have thought about maybe doing 100 of the Kowalski and Smith. As of September 1st, I will have an answer. Okay. Well, that's not too far away. We'll probably have to check in with you again at the end of the year, see how things are going. Well, let's look at a basic question here. Where does the okay. name Paul of a Bear come from? You know, the more I think about the name Paul of a Bear, the more I think I probably should have made it Duggan's Model Kit Company or something like <laughs> Maybe. that. Maybe. That, that, that would have made a lot more sense. Uh -huh. um, Paw of a bear comes out of uh, a, a nickname. My my dad was the large bear. I was the little bear. And so basically anything that I make comes from the paw of a bear. Okay. My, my parents are also English teachers, and they had this geeky English teacher joke where they would try and catch each other out for 
one person would say bear paw and the other one would have to say paw of the bear. Um, it's, it's a grammar joke, which I don't really quite get, but it was <laughs> okay. sort of constant, constant in my house. And they would, you know, my, my dad would, you know, they'd be at a dinner party or something and my dad would slip bear paw into the conversation and <laughs> try to catch my, catch my mom out. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. And and then the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I really want my railroad line to be the Bear Paw line. So I, I've long been working on it being the Ridgeway, Red Bud, and Wushamanka Railroad. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, Ridgeway being the, the farm I grew up on as a kid, and, and Red Bud is the creek that ran past my house. And Wushamanka is what my mom always said when she wanted us to come to table or get, get moving along. It's Wushamanka. And so I thought, you know, that really, I, I went to school down in, uh, at Appalachian State in Boone. And, you know, that's Watauga County. And I thought, you know, Wishamunka, that really does sound like an Indian river name. So, it does. So that, that's, I, I, you know, I'm definitely more on the fantasy end of model railroading than on the prototype end. Well, maybe at some point under paw of a bear, you, parenthetic, as you grow, you'll put Craftsman laser kits or something. Right. Yes. Oh, I, you know, I know F uh, Foss Limited changed his name at some point yeah. to, to, to reflect the kits. Although, although I have to say, you know, I also have all these other ideas that, you know, I, I, I do build dolls houses for my daughters uh -huh. um, and, you know, have some, have some interest in that. The laser cutter is a cool tool and you could, um, when I was in um, school, I took an environmental science course mm -hmm. and the, uh, the teacher was talking about cheetahs and antelopes and the antelope and cheetah population are, are, are closely linked to one another. And there's this weird thing that happens is you'd think, you know, antelope population gets bigger, cheetah population gets bigger, right? But at a certain point, the antelope population keeps getting bigger and the cheetah population drops off. And they figured out the reason is that what happens is when there are too many antelopes, the cheetahs can't focus on one and they keep changing targets. Oh, And then they starve to death. And, I'm afraid I've got that cheetah syndrome. There are just so many targets out there that are very appealing. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to be very focused and get my HO kit done instead of chasing off after other kits. But on my modeling table, I think I've got 10 buildings in different stages of construction. Okay. I think that's probably, I mean, pretty normal for modelers to have lots of different projects. Uh, you know, because we were talking uh, before we started with this. Yeah, I'm just in a process of building 500 trees to fill in a real long mountain ridge. So if it if it doesn't involve uh, trees for the next year, I'm probably, you know, not going to even know it exists. So I can focus real easy on trees. Oh, see, and I, I could never do that. I, I can do, you know, I can do trees for a while and then I got to go do something else. Um, I could come back to the trees, but. No, I, uh, yeah, I agree. Well, see, it's, <laughs> it gets a little tedious. Oh, it does, but you know, it's been 115 degrees, so there's a point in the day when I've got to get out of the sun. So I come in here at the office, put music on in the background, and I'm I make trees. And then when the yeah. when the sun goes away, then I go back out and continue laying track or welding feet. Yeah, but the sun doesn't go away down there, Paul. <laughs> come on. Well, it's a relative term, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Arizona. Yeah. Well. Michael, it's just 
it's neat that you're doing this and it, it sounds like you advertising the magazine, you're trying to get your name out there and, and you, you got to just put those feelers out. And I think sooner or later, um, you know, you have beautiful stuff. Well, so thank you. It's, it's got a, something's going to hit some, somewhere you're going to fall in the, in the niche that you like. And well, I, uh, go ahead. I, I, no, I, I, you know, I certainly hope so. I've, 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 I, as I say, I've sold some kits at, at shows and I've, I've had some good reviews from people who've made the kits. Um, I am trying to do something that I would want to build. That's my goal. Right. Well, and it's a lot of these guys seem to have certain themes. Either they're very theme-based, like they do all New England or all Western or all Southern, or or they go after, like like you said, Bob Van Gelder, these guys, and Scott Mason and stuff. These guys are picking, you know, they go out and find a prototype building that really interests them. And, you know, and they spend a year designing yes. and building and getting a kit ready just for that one. And that's like their one premier kit. So, and then you look at Doug. Who has a couple of premier kits, but then he has a bunch of his uh, what's he call it, quick kits or crafties, mm -hmm. you know, right. the smaller, cheaper ones that people can get started with, and you right. know. So there's, like you said, there's 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 too many. What'd you say, gazelles? <laughs> yes, too many. Antelope. Yes, too many antelopes to chase. Too many so, antelopes uh, to chase. But uh, maybe yeah. you need some. Uh, what do you call those things? Blinders? <laughs> oh, yes, I think blinders might help me. Although, although, although it may be, you know, it, it, it may also be that uh, you know, shifting from one thing to another, I mean, that's how I get things done and I'm able to. Well, hey, you're you got to start because you got this first kit. It's going to be a, available. Sounds like sometime in September. Right, and that you know, and that's HO. And I also, as I say, I've got some in scale kits as well, and I I, I have an. You know, I have an HO version of, uh, well, let's see, the effluvium kit that is available in Z-Scale. Um, I've got an HO version of that that's pretty close to being, again, most of these things, it's writing the directions that's the, the time-consuming part. We've heard that before. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah well, we yeah. have heard that before. Uh, it, it is that process. I don't know if you've ever done the thing where, where uh, you'll be in an English class and they'll say, okay, everybody, we're going to write directions for making a peanut butter sandwich. And then the teacher will have a knife and peanut butter and bread out on the, and then we try and follow the directions. And, you know, somebody will have written, well, you get the bread out and then you get the peanut butter out and you put the peanut butter on the bread. And the teacher who is following the directions, you know, puts the loaf of bread out and then takes the jar of peanut butter and sets it on top of the bread. <laughs> and, you know, writing directions is like that because, you know, I know how to build the kit. But finding those steps that the person who has never built this kit or never built a kit. Right. You know, I, I want I want somebody who's never built a kit to be able to pick it up. And if they right. read through the directions... And the, uh, the other thing that's time consuming for me is I, uh, you know, I'm using the CAD program to make uh, line drawings so that somebody who's a visual learner can follow along and all the steps will be there visually. That's but cool. Some, I'm a visual learner myself. <laughs> I, I, tend, I tend more towards the visual as well, but, you know, I'll, I'm also trying to write out very clear directions for people who are, are more auditory or more, you know, right. text-based. Text um, right. It's I'm, like me and my wife. I mean, it, I'll get a map. I'll say, yeah, we need directions to this place. I'll get a map. And if she's going somewhere by herself, she has to have written directions. She cannot follow a map. Yeah. No, no, my wife's the same way. Uh, she, she, uh, she will head off east when she means to be going west. Uh, 
on the other hand, my wife, if you ask her what time it is, she can tell you with in the nearest five minutes whether she has a watch or not. Wow. Whereas, you know, where, whereas I sit down and, and, you know, I'm planning on doing some work and I'm going to work for an hour this morning and then she'll come in the door and I'm, I can't believe eight hours just passed. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you one thing that, and I, I, you may or may not know this, that a lot of these guys have someone test builder kit and follow the instructions. Yes. And then, yes. you know, send them back an edited version of the instructions. I don't, you know, and I don't, I don't have anybody as a reliable test builder yet. Well, you can send it to me or you okay. can get on the rail line forums. And uh, there's a lot of guys on there that do that for, you know, Jimmy and, and Scott and, Right. And those guys. So what I do have the advantage of is I've got, uh, you know, an English professor. My dad was an English professor. Um, he's retired now. And my mom's high school English teacher. So I do have some two very good editors. to handle. So the grammar is great in these. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, on your website, you've got your uh, how to section. I, I do. And I'm I'm trying to add one for each kit that I build. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep that up because it takes a long time to actually photograph and and do them i looked over the the am i saying it right uh rain town depot yes the rain town yeah that that one's a king mill kit i'm not sure if he still makes it but it's a nice little kit well and it looks impressive when it's done and i'm yeah i was reading your text and i went you know i've never built a kit but if i had this as a guideline on your just on your website i would try that kit I mean, you've laid well, it out very intuitively, at least for me. Well, thank you. You know, I, building kits is, is really straightforward. It's, it's, it is not a hard set of skills to master. Mm -hmm. It does require practice. It does require patience. But once you know the tricks and start practicing them, I, th I think everybody's got the potential to make, you know, astonishingly realistic and, and, and interesting kits. About uh, two months ago, I bought a five-car twin-stack uh, intermodal cars and mm -hmm. bought the uh, custom detailing kit that went with it and so forth. And it took about 60 hours to get these five cars built and decaled because I spent probably 20 hours researching prototype photos <laughs> to see uh, yeah. where things went because the instructions were terrible. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh. They were, and I looked at the uh, the copyright date on the instructions. It was 1992. Well, it just told me that maybe they never sought the feedback. Hey, did anybody put this together? Did we miss anything? I, very early on, I, I built a, 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 a kit, and I'm not going to mention any names. It, it was a, a house, and it had a porch that went around two sides. Yeah. Okay? And so the porch is, is roof is angled right okay. and the template for that is an l shape with a 45 degree angle cut well if you that's fine if you want a flat roof but if you tip the roof up <laughs> yes. the angle the angle where they meet is never going to be a 45 degree if you want to have a 90 90 you know not to go around a rectangular building anyway right. and it is clear that nobody at that company had ever built that kit you know and one of the things that's that's going i that I do when I'm on building these kits is I'm afraid I, you know, I wind up with six or seven copies of the kit built as I'm going along. Wow. Um, I, I am hoping that as I get better at designing and knowing what the laser cutter will do and um, developing a, a, um, 
library of windows and doors that that won't, you know, I won't have to build as many buildings. Yeah. Well then, but it goes back to it. I applaud what you've done here, having experienced less than optimum and, uh, you know, clear instructions. This is very well laid out. I could do this. Um, I, I hope you'll give one of the uh, Kowalski and Smith kits a, a try when it, when it comes out. We may just do that. My wife's out of town, so I don't have to sneak anything into the house now. I can just walk in with it. Oh, very nice. <laughs> and the other thing is, is I encourage everybody to give a Z-Scale kit a try. It, it is really astonishing how much effect, you know, building something at a very small scale. HO is enormous after you've built in Z-Scale. You just come back to HO and you go, oh, my God, this is huge. Yeah. I can add this detail and this and sure. The, uh, I mean, I've looked at the photos of your Z scale kits there and I, I drew a parallel to, uh, the detail parts that, uh, BLMA puts out the wretch parts and stuff for detailing Z scale locomotives. And I go, man, my hat is off to you. They're, they Thank don't you. make a magnifying glass big enough for me to see that stuff. You know, I just wear my bifocals, and that seems to do the trick most of the time. Well, if I put another magnifier on this desk, I've got to get a bigger desk. Oh, and I'm a big fan of the Optivisor as well, although I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need it as much. But when I do need it, it's a great tool. You might consider getting some of those in and selling them as a uh, collateral piece to your kit. Well, actually, that's one of the things I would like to get into on on the website. I'd like to, um, for example, I'd like to be able to carry some really nice tweezers. Um, especially with the smaller scale, the, the Z and the N scale kits, mm-hmm. a pair a pair of really good quality tweezers is the difference between you know, driving yourself nuts or having a pleasant building experience. And, you know, again, that helps in nature. So I'd, li- I'd like to eventually expand so that I've got a few more things, um, the tools, um, buying good brushes. Um, you know, people used to come into the hobby store and, and want to buy, you know, the, the sort of throwaway brushes. And, you know, it's worth spending $10 on a brush uh, because if you look after it, you know, if you wash it, you'll have it for 20 years. And the kind of control that you get out of a, of a, of a really nice quality brush, you know, it's just a world of difference. Actually, investing in good tools is, is extremely important. Okay. I'm probably preaching to the choir, though. Oh, no, no. I i don't know about Ryan, but I've been guilty of uh, being penny-wise and pound-foolish before on different uh, tools and brushes, as you mentioned. No, I've you know. spent a decent amount on tools over the past few years getting into this hobby. And, you know, Mike's right. I mean, yeah, you, you try putting something together with the wrong tools one time, and you're like, you know, spending eight dollars to get the right set of tweezers makes makes a big difference and what i do is when those train those train shows are in town or whatever i go there and find that mr tool guy or oh yeah and and buy i bought a ton of tweezers and and uh clay molding pieces and all kinds of stuff yes i I definitely i like to have lots of tweezers because i lose them on my on my table as well that tells you something about how i the, the chaos i work in but um I do that. I, you know, Ryan, the summer I actually ran through Cincinnati and um, I want to get back up there and take photographs. There are a lot of really cool buildings, especially I was, I was on the Kentucky side of the river drive, driving through and there are just some great buildings there that I want to do models of. So. Yeah, there's some, you know, going through Newport and stuff. There's some really old, uh, you know, it's an old town, both sides of the river. Um, and then uh, I wandered through uh 
what Kindleville, Indiana, and got some great photographs of, of, of buildings there as well. So it'd be nice to go on a trip without my family so that I could actually stop and take <laughs> photographs whenever right. I wanted to, <laughs> instead of always feeling like I need to move along. I'm good. I, you know, I, I would say the the other thing that I do do is I still do custom buildings. Um, and as I say, I'm I charge a premium, but I think my work is worth it. Okay. Um, and I will I will build kits, and I also work from photographs, and we'll do. You know, recently I did a project for a guy who had grown up from Michigan. He'd grown up in a garage. His dad had a service station, and their house was attached to the back. And he sent me photographs, and I did the service station, the road outside of it, the bridge over the river, all of the outbuildings and all of that in Z-Scale. I'm gonna, I'll put some photographs of this up on, on the website. Um, but I do, I do do custom work. But it, my, again, um, especially now that I'm trying to design kits, my time is at a premium. Mm-hmm. All right. So, again, we've been talking to, to Michael Duggan, and he is the proprietor of Paul of a Bear. And you can find him at paulofabear.com, or you can just Google Paul of a Bear, and uh, there you'll find a beautifully clean website with photos of his kits and the, and the works that he does on the custom buildings. And uh, I'm sure Paul would love it if you visit his site and check out his work. Michael would too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try this again. So we've been talking to Michael Duggan, and he is the proprietor of Paul of a Bear. You can find out more about him and his wonderful kits and his custom-built structures at paulofabear.com. And I'm sure Michael would love it if you stop by his website and check out his awesome work. Michael, thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you very much for having me, Ryan and Paul. It's been our pleasure. Nice talking. Well, have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.